Hello and welcome. You are listening to the latest edition of the Northeast Newscast. I'm your host, Paul Thompson, and I'll be joined this week by Bobby Joe Reed, the executive director and founder of Healing House, an addiction recovery nonprofit organization based out of the historic Northeast. Bobby Joe Reed founded Healing House out of a single location in 2003 and has spent the past 14 years operating the organization with a single overarching goal to equip individuals with the tools and knowledge necessary to help them achieve and maintain lifelong sobriety. In that endeavor, Healing House boasts a 75% success rate, which has helped lead the organization into a gradual expansion. That expansion culminates on Saturday, November 18th at 1 o'clock p.m., when Healing House will hold a ribbon-cutting ceremony for its new fellowship hall, located at 112 Elmwood in the historic Northeast. I caught up with Bobby Joe Reed earlier this week to talk about the history of Healing House, what services it currently provides, the new fellowship hall, and what the future of the organization holds. Though Reed was busy preparing for the ribbon-cutting ceremony and the open house that will follow from 1 to 6 p.m. on Saturday, November 18th, she was gracious enough to sit down with me for roughly half an hour to discuss everything related to Healing House. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the latest edition of the Northeast Newscast and my conversation with Healing House Executive Director and Founder, Bobby Joe Reed. Thanks for listening. All right, Paul Thompson here, sitting right next to Bobby Joe Reed, the Executive Director and Founder of Healing House. We're in your current fellowship hall now, but as I understand, it, it may not be your fellowship hall for, for too much longer? Correct. And, Correct. And can you talk about what that transition is going to be like and when that might happen? Yes, we have um, nightly dinner here and then we have uh recovery meetings aa meetings bible studies mm-hmm. um alpha groups we have all kinds of events in here however we have outgrown this space so we are getting ready to uh, start renovation on 112 elmwood mm-hmm. it's a 9,000 square foot building now and is that is the it was the former bowling alley yes yeah. bowling alley sonia's dance hall i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, it's, it's had a lot of incarnation yes huh? So, um, so we will start be starting renovations on that soon, the kind of weather permitting. But our hope is to have it up and running by um, summer of next year, 2018. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. And so, I understand there's going to be a sort of groundbreaking or situation yes. very soon, right? This Saturday, the 18th. Right. Okay. Yes. The I, official ribbon cutting. <laughs> and that's part of a, a greater event that you're putting together, as yes. I understand. Can you maybe talk about what people can expect or how they can get involved or, or what attendees might see on, I guess, Saturday the 18th? Right. Um, well, we'll have, uh, we have an open house, so people can go around and see some of our houses if they'd like. Mm-hmm. And um, we have some legislators and some different people from our city or city representatives that will be attending as well. And um, so we're just, we're excited about what this new place is going to bring to this community. Um, Of course, more room for us, but then also I want to do, it's our desire to do a lot of community events as well. And as I understand, this this current space then, uh, you're looking at transitioning that into, I had heard uh, you talk about before, uh, turning into a thrift store yes. or uh, a catering space. Yes. Are, are those two, are those still the plans for this, for this location now yes. or just off St. John? This will be um, a thrift store here and then right next door will be a cafe. Um, so 
very nice little quaint cafe. I and mean, we need some places to eat over here on St. John. So sure, it's, it's, it's so nearby our offices. I'd, I'll, I'm sure I'll stop by and absolutely. <laughs> grab some grub from yeah, time to time as well. Absolutely. Um, well, I wanted to ask you a little bit about just the services you provide. I mean, we're talking uh, about a dozen different uh, entities, right? I mean, you have uh, 12 different properties. Yeah. Is that right? Yes. So uh, we have three levels of um, structured housing, basically. So we have beginner's homes mm -hmm. where um, it is very structured. There's a on-site um, live-in manager and an assistant manager. And then uh, we have the folks, when they come in, they go to that. Then once they get employment, they've got a sponsor, they're working the steps and starting to get a good foundation in their recovery, then they can go to the, one of the intermediate houses. We have which, a, a slightly less structure, yes. a little more... Um, a little know, more you're, freedom. You're People are starting to learn to be... Um, self-sufficient and you know they've got a sponsor they're working the steps they're doing all the things that they need to be doing and so and then we have apartment buildings also for the families that are being restored okay so so are, are the apartment buildings for the families is that would you consider that a, a more advanced step than the yes. intermediate yes so that's when you're really you've got full custody of your kids and things like that Absolutely. And, and you've got intact families that are um, really just one step away from moving out on their own. Right. And the the blessing about that is um, a lot of our people are, are lower income. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we know that a lot of addiction surrounds lower income housing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, one of the blessings is it's totally an alcohol and drug-free environment mm -hmm. and very family-orientated. I mean, everybody kind of... it's. Everybody watches one another's kids, and mm -hmm. if somebody's sick and Free needs daycare. something from the store, yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's amazing. So we have a daycare also. Though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So we, you do have you do have daycare. We do have daycare. Excellent. Yeah. Well, how many people do you do you service? I mean, how, how many how many individuals are involved in in the Healing House program? Around 160. Wow, and that's from all the levels. Yes, it's all the levels. Now, how often do you hear from people who have gone through the program, who have been through from the beginning stage to the intermediate stage to maybe even, the, you know, the family stage, and then move on and then come back? Um, you mean come back to... To, to help volunteer. To help volunteer. We do have quite a few that do that. And since we operate so much as a family here, mm -hmm. uh, people really do stay in touch with us. And so they come, uh, a lot of them... Like the women that have left and the men, on Tuesday night we have a women's recovery meeting and a men's recovery meeting. So a lot of our people that have moved on come back to the meetings, mm -hmm. kind of Neat. stay plugged in. Yeah. Well, how, uh, how important is it to have that, to have that interaction with those who have moved on, come back and kind of maybe serve as role models for people who might only be in that beginning stage? Uh, huge. Um, I mean, when you're in recovery yourself, you can help somebody so much better than if you don't have knowledge of right. being in recovery yourself. And part of part of recovery is you have to give it away to keep it. Mm -hmm. So you continue to to try to help other folks, and that's what fills your cup as well. Wow. Yeah. And so, in terms of how do I guess how do you manage the operation or do people pay a nominal fee when they're in these houses yeah we can generally get people help with about 
a couple months rent. Mm -hmm. But then after that, they have to get jobs and they have to. So pay. that beginning stage, they might be able, you might be able to carry them for a month or two without, yeah. with while they're still getting their stuff together and yes. trying to figure out how to get a job or something of that nature. But after that, the expectation is that you'll be kicking in. And how do, how does that set up? Is it a sliding scale? Um, no, they just every it's a minimal minimal fee, and so they pay. A, a rent basically and then we take turns providing um, the family meal so about every eight weeks you supply a meal for the family okay and, and that's about two hundred and twenty dollars is what it costs to feed this whole crew here all right so yeah so we take turns which is good because people um, we really want to empower and equip people to, to have purposeful lives when they leave here. Right. So uh, we have an array of um, life skills that we teach people. I mean, many of our people get here, they don't have a driver's license, they don't have an ID, they don't have a social security card. So we start at the very basics and get them all hooked up with that, get them hooked up with health care or any mental health care that they might need um, if they need inpatient or outpatient treatment mm -hmm. um, and then you know we help them get resumes set up email addresses we have uh, high set classes which is GED classes mm -hmm. we have computer lab um, so it's very and then the life skills they learn to cook they learn to shop they learn to clean right. they learn all that good stuff is this uh, like are those services provided through community partners or is that all done internally the things that i just mentioned yeah. are eternally wow yeah uh, so and so that's a i mean do you do that from from this location here or is it just all, all throughout the uh um well we do we have uh our office is where the education center is so we do that there mm -hmm. um, and where's that at for those who might be interested uh right up the street now once uh well, uh, right up at 4420 but that's it's kind of restricted we don't have that open to um, the public right now oh I got you but when we get the new um, the new ARC is what it's called Addiction mm -hmm. Recovery Center when we get that open though we'll have more computers and be able to open up to some more a broader range of people wow and, and so how much of the, the staff here and, and the people who are making all this happen are volunteer versus uh, actually paid staff. I mean, with, uh, what, what kind of network do you rely on to make this thing go? Um, well, <laughs> it's uh, we've been operating under a faith-based base grant that uh, President Bush came up with mm -hmm. years ago, and it's getting ready to end soon. The first President Bush or the second? Uh, the first. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so he, um, so it was a faith-based initiative, and then when it went to Obama, it turned into uh, something called Access to Recovery. Mm -hmm. That grant ends in 2018, so we're trying to secure, because our people, when they're brand new, they have a lot of issues going on. I mean, and it costs money to get them back on track. Yeah, I mean, all yeah. these services, uh, you know, to get people to help with this stuff. I mean, any, yeah. all of it costs money. People are physically and spiritually and emotionally sick when they get here to us. They're pretty mm -hmm. broken, and so uh, we provide. We have a clothing closet. We have hygiene. So basically, I mean, a lot of our people come to us with a price chopper sack, mm -hmm. and the lucky ones have a trash bag. Mm -hmm. You know, so they come pretty broken and without anything. And and um, we have very strict rules here. I'm a real stickler about 
Um, this is our community. We want to be an asset in this community and not a liability. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we pick up trash every day in this community and uh, do the community cleanups and all, and all kinds of things. I mean, we're pretty committed to this area. This is where God brought me. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is where I'll be until he probably takes me home. <laughs> well, what are your, uh, you mentioned, I mean, there's a lot of things ongoing right now. Yes. Uh, you've got a ribbon cutting on Saturday or a groundbreaking ceremony yes. on Saturday. So I know the goal is to get that facility up and running yes. uh, by next summer of, the, of summer of 2018. Yes. Um, what other goals do you have in mind moving forward? And, and aside from, uh, you know, identifying funding, starting a brand new, starting up a brand new fellowship hall, which obviously is not a small task. Yeah, Neither right. of them are small tasks, but uh, what other goals do you have in mind moving forward? What would you like to see this become two years, three years, five years from now? Well, um, of course, one of the things is uh, once that is open, the new meeting hall is open, we'll have a huge education center in there. We'll have some group rooms where we can do some specific things. We want to have a culinary arts program Um, at the new place as well as a catering business will be running out of there then this area like I said will be the thrift store and the cafe and then we'll be able to give equip our people with job skills you know they can learn and and pretty much be job ready so they can essentially hypothetically gain employment here yes yes here and or be prepared Um, they do that as a trial basis to kind of learn the skills and then yes. can move on to a, a job at another business somewhere throughout the city. Right. We have um, we have 23 employees and 22, well, 20, 20 of those people are graduates from here. That's I don't, awesome. We really don't call it graduates, right. but they're people that have came through and decided to stay on and continue to work for the ministry. Oh, that's awesome. And that's a, as seems like that would be as uh, strong of a testimonial as anything, Absolutely. right? The fact that they go through it all and, and want to stick around. Oh, yeah. Fact, right? Yeah. Neat. This is, for many people, this is the the best home they've ever known, the best family they've ever known. A lot of our people come from, you know, a drug-addicted families and dysfunctional right. families. Not all, but many do. And so um, we have a really good balance going here. I mean, we go we go camping. We go, um, we have pool parties, barbecues, family game night. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do a lot of things for people to see uh, that they can have fun in right. recovery. Right. And that... It doesn't all have to be de- deadly right, serious. Right, right. Yeah. And how a family really operates and functions together. They learn that here. Excellent. Well, yeah. I was wanting to ask you, and I, this may be personal, and uh, you can, uh, you know, defer if you don't want to answer it. But can you point to uh, maybe an individual or a success story that has really made you proud during this process, or since you've been been operating Healing House? Absolutely. Um, well, one example is um, I had a little little tiny petite Italian girl that was living here, and then. Um, another gentleman and we don't we don't like people to date while they're here but Uh after so many months they can of course Uh anyway so he had been uh, praying about God sending him a a, a, you know a soulmate and so uh, anyway they were he was praying that he would get somebody that was um, petite Uh and not spicy, what do I want to say? Frisky, you know? And so he was in line, in the chow line here, and 
He wanted somebody petite, right? right? So her tag was sticking out of the back of her shirt, and it said petite. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, this is it. <laughs> anyway, so they met here. They waited a year. They started dating after a year. Um, they got married eventually, and uh, they've been married, I think, four years. Wow. They have a little boy. She is uh, works with handicapped children now. She was an opioid addict. And um, her husband that she met here owns a car lot, and he hires people from here to work at his car lot, and is just a blessing. Really helps the people that are coming, like the moms coming through, mm -hmm. that need to get a car to transport their children, and wow. and so uh, huge. I mean, we have multiple stories like that of people just really getting their life back and helping other people as they go. Right. Well, in. And talking to you, and I know you and I have discussed things before about the goals and what you hope this can be, but I wanted to ask you a little bit about maybe the genesis of it. When did you realize that you were called to benefit the Northeast and, and to open Healing House in the Northeast? Well, um, I went through treatment myself a little over 22 years ago, and um, so I started working with women. I started carrying the message to detoxes and hospitals and jails, and there were 900 women going through treatment in our city every year with less than 30 safe beds for them when they got out of inpatient treatment. People didn't want to be bothered with women. They came with too many issues, uh -huh. and so... Um, the Lord just started putting on my heart I needed to do something and literally I kept um, to the the old nursing home on Kensington and St. John I just kept being pulled there I lived in Kansas and um, I had lived in Northeast for several years about three and a half years I uh -huh. moved back to Kansas for three and a half years and then God brought me right back down um, and I kept getting called to that old nursing home and um, when I went in, it was abandoned and it was gross, but the minute I walked in there, I knew it was the place mm -hmm. to start helping women. And so the women started coming immediately, and, um, you know, two months later, the dope man moved in next door and uh, brandished weapons to us and tried to scare us out of the community, and I claimed his house in Jesus' name, and that's we got that house a year and a half later. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and when was that? How long ago was that? That's been 15 years ago. Okay. So and that was before Healing House was really a thing yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just knew that I had a desire to help women and that um, there was a need for it. And, and God just wouldn't let me, you know, that wasn't really what I thought I'd be doing. But when, when God puts it on your heart that that's what you're supposed to do. So I've known um, the ministry's been going about 15 years and um, I've been working with people in recovery, though, the whole time I've been clean and sober for 22 years. Wow. But it, uh, 15 years is since it's been more crystallized yes. and uh, something that's, I guess, a concrete idea instead Absolutely. of just uh, something you were doing out of the kindness of your heart. Right. Yeah. And um, and the Lord continues to show me the, the next step. Mm -hmm. So, like, it was women at first, and that's all I, you know, I just want to help women. That's mm -hmm. all I was going to do. And then um, a gentleman gave me a house on a street that was even worse, mm -hmm. and I knew I couldn't put single women there, so that was our first men's home. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so it's kind of just played out. Um, 
I seen a need that there were women in the when I just had the two main houses there were women that were getting their children back mm -hmm. and we couldn't accommodate babe you know little children in the house and so um you know, I started looking at a vacant apartment building over on Spruce and found out who owned it and was able to get that. And it was 14 one-bedroom uh, apartments, so the new moms could live there with their, go to the hospital to have their baby, come home to a fully furnished apartment. Wow. So it really was kind of organic, right? You realize, oh, well, yeah. now we have this need for, for another issue I never even thought about. Right. And yeah. that's how it keeps going is it just gets... Um, this last year we opened a pregnant uh, mom's house mm -hmm. and so um, that's be beautiful mm -hmm. and we're so proud of that and what a blessing that you know we've had three drug-free babies this year wow. in that house cool. and so yeah it's awesome well what have been you know it's 15 years now what have been some of the challenges that you faced as as you built this up from a home to 12 homes yeah um, of course, finances, you know, mm -hmm. um, I, I operate a lot in faith. Um, there's been times where, uh, people have misunderstood me and the mission and what I'm trying to, you know, what the Lord has set forth for me to do here. And, um, you know, I, I'm true to myself. I know what he wants me to do and I just do it. And, and, um, you know, I have a commitment. I have a commitment to this community. I have a commitment to God and the people I serve. And so, um, you know, I was actually, my mom, I lived out in the suburbs and my house was paid off. Mm -hmm. And when God put on my heart to do this, I moved down here to the inner city. And, uh, and that's where I've been ever since. It, there's been all kinds of challenges like when the dope man moved in next door mm -hmm. he brought female gang members to try to scare me out of there um we've had you know I've had i've had some pretty crazy crazy things happen i've seen a lot down here um you know i like to think i know our i know that our um Real estate is skyrocketing. Wow. Have you seen that? Yeah, I've noticed that uh, homes seem to be selling pretty quick and about what the asking price is. Yeah. I oh. mean, it's really... So the property values are going up, which is a blessing. Oh. And um, I just... You know what? I just... I want to be a good neighbor to people, and I want to do good works in this community. Um, I love Northeast, oh. and I think Northeast has a lot to offer. Mm -hmm. Um we have such a diverse community here but it's like everybody kind of gets along right. you know we just all kind of roll with it um yes there's crime but there's tons of good things going on here too right well it's uh after 15 years what would you say keeps you going and keeps you energized and and just keeps this train of chugging you know um just that there's so many people that still need help Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, we're we're what we're calling an opioid epidemic right now. There's like 136 people dying a day due to opioid overdose, and um, addiction's been around forever. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people think it's some kind of moral shortcoming, and it's not. You know, um, there's underlying brokenness. 
and so we have to deal we have to provide people with a safe living environment for them to let down their guard from the harshness of the world and start the healing process they need a safe environment to do that and they need the structure and the support that we offer here and um, you know it works we've got uh, one of the highest recovery rates in the nation so I mean what's the recovery rate well we were running I'm involved in the act sex to recovery thing mm -hmm. um, that was running in the 70 percent which is mm. very high like 75 percent Wow. yeah so amazing and then they were um, people getting socially connected was in the 90 percent mm -hmm. um, you know, like going to church and, and reuniting with families and all that, people not committing any more crimes. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes people have um, a record because their addiction got them doing some things they normally wouldn't have done. Right. That doesn't mean they're bad people. They they have a disease. Right. So, and uh, we help them clean up all the wreckage of their past when they're here. And... Um, you know, if they've got any tickets or anything like that, we help them get through all of that stuff. Hmm. Yeah, it's very cool. Well, I guess I'll end it with this. Uh, if somebody is ready to take that step, uh, you know, if, they've, if they're fed up with their lifestyle and or they just want to reach out and get some information, what would be the best way for them to reach out to Healing House? Um, they can go to our website. Uh -huh. um, www.healinghousekc.org mm -hmm. and there um, there's a screen uh, something called a screening application on there mm -hmm. and they would fill out that screening application and then we'd set them up to come in and talk to us and then we'd just go from there what about somebody who maybe is interested in volunteering or donating or, or just providing support they can call our office at 816-920-7181 Eight one, or they can go to the website. There's a, a place there for uh, volunteering too, okay. and uh, we we manage. I'm trying to think what, how many hours? It's like fifty thousand community service hours a year. Wow, it's um, it's huge, <laughs> and so uh, with all with all the different projects we do. So we have a lot of people that pour into this and help. Wow. Yeah. And so you can always add to that, though. 50000 Yeah. <laughs> is a lot, but, uh, hey, how about 51000 right? Yeah, yeah. So once we count all the people that come and do cleanups with us and help paint and uh, help us work on our houses and things like that, it's, it, it adds up pretty quickly. Oh, awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking the time today, and Absolutely. hopefully uh, we can draw some attention to the work that you're doing down here. Amen. Thank you, honey. Appreciate it. Thanks to Bobby Joe Reed. And thanks to everybody for listening to the latest edition of Kansas City's Northeast Newscast. I'm your host, Paul Thompson, signing out.